everyone. You are listening to Rival and Queen. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. How's it going today, Sarah? Ashley, I'm over the moon. We just came from Pilates. I'm feeling lit. You're glowing. I'm glowing. Today, we talked to the lovely, equally smart, and beautiful Harriet Schumacher, who is just such a delight, Sarah. What do we talk about? Harriet is a coach, a personal development coach, and we have her on to talk about career development, leadership, and coaching in our careers. We talk about the leadership crisis that she feels is happening kind of in industry and in the transition of industry today. And we also talk about different leadership styles and decision making. We talk about building a career development plan. And most importantly, I think we cover fierce conversations. This conversation happened at such a great time for you and I. It was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Harriet came in. We had just recorded another podcast and we were feeling so good. And she kind of lit and touched on everything that I was kind of feeling. And she just articulated it exactly what I needed to hear. So we reached out to Harriet at the end of 2019. And really it was at a time when, like, I think you and I are both pretty career driven people. And it's something that, you know, I really enjoy it. It's something I love my work. But there's always moments where you feel like you kind of want more and you want to get better and you want to grow. And that was originally when we reached out to Harry. It was really learning about how, like, what do I need right now? And and how do I grow in my career, especially if I'm feeling like not clear about maybe what it is that I want. And that was why we originally connected with her. And to be fair, so Harriet is a coach and she does work with a lot of men and women on their careers, but she's also a speaker, a business owner, uh, and she's very talented. She runs different courses, but she has a real knack, I think, of getting to the heart of what you're looking for, I'm going to say. And kind of helping you shape a career plan. And one of the things I love, 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 loved in this conversation is she said, no one cares more about your growth in your career as much as you do. And really, like her message was, you have like, it's your responsibility to figure out what you want and where you want to go in your career. And she can help you do that. But coaches can help you do that. And so she came at a time when we were both, I think, looking to grow and going through maybe challenging times. And it was awesome to talk to her to just kind of even start thinking about different resources that are available or how to think through some of the problems or roadblocks that we were facing and even just what we wanted to grow into. And I think it's so important that when you're in a leadership role, being an entrepreneur, yeah. there are so many things you're focusing on as far as running your business and your day-to-day that sometimes some of these leadership things kind of go to the wayside, which they shouldn't. They should be really important. And talking to Harriet a few weeks ago really lit something inside of me to kind of put this at the forefront of mm. running a business because it is important to shape how your company is going to be in the future and everyone that's a part of your team and and knowing how to lead isn't for everyone. And it's a skill that you have to constantly, I think, improve on and educate yourself on. And uh, I think it was just such a beautiful conversation. Well, more importantly, it's like leaders aren't born like quite genuinely. Mm. Like you can have characteristics that maybe we leader. associate with traditionally with leaders. But I've worked with like incredible leaders who are quiet and soft spoken And it's a skill set. And I think the problem is, is a lot of the time companies don't invest in developing those skills. Or if you are in your career and you maybe aren't in a leadership position, but you want to be, you may want to start developing those skills now or feeling drawn like, how can you get better and further yourself? Because it's like, where do you start? If you're like you just said, you want to take that next step. You want to let your boss know or someone out of authority. Hey, I want to move into this role or position. It could be scary for a lot of people to try and figure out how am I a leader? How do I lead a team? What or do I do? Even just map your career, even if you don't want to be a leader, but you want to advance your career in a, in a, in a specific way. How do you map that out? How do you get there? And I think especially as well, we're women, obviously, but really? well, I don't know if it's obvious. Maybe it's not. <laughs> but as women, like, you know, you're looking around and and sometimes there's people ahead of you that look like you and roles, but sometimes there's not. And so I think for me personally, like there's times when I'm trying to figure out what's right for me and what my style is. And it's not necessarily the same as some of my male counterparts. And certainly there's weaknesses 
you know, I love I've been in a leadership role a number of times and I love it, but I want to get better. Like I don't I've never felt like I'm a super strong leader. I feel like there's, you know, definite gaps and that's something that I've been actively trying to work on and keep learning. So it's nice. And I think that's part of what Harriet offers is, you know, as part of her training is actually you could be a CEO or in any type of leadership role or wanting to aspire to be in a different position or leadership role. And she's going to help you kind of shape out how to become better in those roles. Who you want to be. And I think it's something we've kind of all taken for granted that there are or haven't taken for granted is what I meant to say, that there are things out there and people like Harriet that can actually help you as a leader or become a better leader in general. Yeah, the other thing I really enjoyed talking about in this conversation with Harriet is she introduced us to Fierce Conversations, which I had known before as Crucial Conversations, but Fierce Conversations, she actually brought us the book, which is awesome. So nice. I wish I, I had just started it. reading it. Did you? It's I'm in not my far, bag if Mark wants to go get it. But Fierce Conversations is really about having getting to the heart of the matter and actually saying what you mean. And I was thinking about this yesterday. And, you know, what is the point of having conversations that aren't Thanks, Mark. honest in what you're trying to say and what you're trying to get across? And the point of Fierce Conversations is really about don't think about what you're trying to say or manipulate it or really plan it. Like, mm. say what you're trying to say. You don't have to sugarcoat it. Say what is the true importance don't leave things on the table, off the table for fear of like maybe being hurting wrong someone's feelings, being wrong. being wrong, misinterpreting something. And this actually went back to the conversation we had with Verena Rizk a number of episodes ago where she actually talked about like how safe are you in a friendship or relationship if you can't truly say the things that are on your heart or what really needs to be said, what you're really concerned about. And Fierce Conversations, I think, is like a bit more career focused. You're really good at this, I have to say. I admire you for that because I used to be one of those people and I still kind of am. I hold myself back a lot of the time from saying things or mm. I'll think them and I don't say them. Same thing in school and university. I may have known the answer or wanted to take a stab at it and mm. join in the conversation. I always held myself back just being, I think, a little shy or just not confident enough. And you're such a confident speaker in person because I feel like you just don't care. You're like, this is what I think and this is what I'm going to tell you. Well, I thank you. First of all, I love it. That's You're so welcome. nice. And and I do try to say often what I feel, but it, it like it's there's still moments where I'm not right. And I'm like we all have those things. That there's subjects that we're not comfortable truly expressing what we want, or we haven't figured out. Like I find often, if I'm not clear on what I want the outcome to be, I have a really hard time expressing my discomfort. Or just expressing my discomfort in something, or mm. asking the questions I want if I'm not clear what I'm what I think the outcome could be or what a win-win could be. And what I'm learning is oftentimes I just need to express that something doesn't feel right or I'm not clear on something, even if I don't know what my specific question is or what I'm looking for, but being more honest about something doesn't feel right or I need more information or being honest about what I need. Sometimes mm -hmm. I, ha I have hard times asking for that sometimes. Yeah, and I think it does come down to just having those genuine conversations and if you're participating in it mm. and I am and actually telling you my thoughts and my feelings and you are too you can have such a more meaningful conversation because a lot of conversations out there are so surface and kind of not heartfelt and meaningful and I think that's part of the problem we've all been in a meeting where everyone sits around a table and says yes and in the back of your mind, you're like, is this a good idea? But like, that's you, the thing. There's so many times I mean? you've probably left. It happens to me all the time that you leave a meeting or a conversation and you don't feel good about it because you didn't get to voice something or say something you were feeling or your opinion. And I think that's part of the cycle and part of the problems that happens, especially for women. I feel like we kind of get sucked into that cycle of not speaking up and now we're speaking up. Now it's happening. But I think even for our, our close relationships, and sometimes we make mistakes and upset people. Really? Sorry if I've ever upset you and hurt your feelings. And sometimes I will do that. Like that is the a shortcoming of mine is sometimes I will just blurt things out, especially if I haven't, if I have she not does. been true <laughs> in my feelings and I've held in kind of what I've been saying. At some point it is going to come out. I'm trying to now make it come out more effectively and positively for everyone involved. 
But I was thinking about how important that was. I was like the other day, I was like, if I if I don't express what's on my mind or what my concerns are, like, what is the point of this? I'm just hoping that something will change. Like, that's stupid, Mm. I think. I don't know. So anyone listening, we challenge you to have some fierce conversations, whether it be in your personal life or at work. It could be with your family. It could be with your friends. Like, say the things that are true in your heart in a loving way, in a clear way, without kind of emotion and things like that behind it but say what really matters get to the meat of it Mm -hmm. and we're eager to check that out ashley we we've really amped up this intro we're really into this topic also it really hit home for us i think it hit home for us it was a new topic for us and it really hit home one thing i do want to say before i ask you obviously my hard-hitting questions every intro what what else brain busters brain busters one thing i do want to mention that harriet didn't get a chance to talk about in this episode, but she does offer a program called Lead, Lead Her Ship. And it's a leadership program uh, for women. It's designed for women, which is something that you can act, that you can access on your own. So if you maybe don't have an employer paying for it or you don't know or you don't have a budget or you can't ask someone to pay for it, she has designed it so it's accessible for individuals to buy on their own and still get access to leadership training and coaching. So you can check that out on her website, which is... I'm pulling it up now, HarrietSchumacher.com, and we'll share it in the show notes. Um, and I re- I appreciate that a lot because often I've been in a number of different, you know, positions throughout my career where, you know, maybe I didn't have a budget for training, but I wanted training. And I appreciate that you can actually afford this on your own and be able to go and do it. And also the Fierce Conversations book is something that she uses as a guideline and kind of her teaching methodology. Is so you can always pick that out up as well. We're big fans. Now, Ashley, when this episode comes out, it's now Thursday. Happy Thursday, everyone, or whatever day of the week you are listening to this. Ashley, you will be on vacation right now. I will be away. That's correct. Right now. So tell me what... Into the future is going to be what will make this the most empowering vacation for you i would love to actually read this book that would be nice i actually sent harriet a message when i was just at fierce founders which sarah did the same program about five years ago and the word fierce just kept coming up and there was something on fierce leadership as well so i had to send her a little message and um it was just nice to kind of to do that but now i'd like to kind of like deep dive a bit further into it on my own time, read the book and kind of just reflect. You're coming back with fierce reflect. conversations. I'm going to be so God. fierce on the podcast. World be ready. God. This could be scary. <laughs> Ash, you're going to be on a beach. I'm going to be on a ski hill Thursday. I Complete feel like opposites. our worlds are going to be 10 out of 10s. I'll call you from the sand. You can call me from the snow. I'll call you from the top of the ski hill. <laughs> I love it. Who will be happier? Me. I don't think that's no, true. No, well, no. This is the great thing is that we will both be in two different worlds and both be at our top peak of peak happiness. happiness. And I'll be so happy for you we'll, doing that. We'll both get tans probably. Wear, wear your sunscreen. Stay wear tuned sunscreen. for the upcoming episode. All right. We're all good. We're ready to hear from Harriet. She is going to get us all amped up for career development and to learn about leadership. Get a notepad because I feel like... You'll want to write some of this stuff down. Write some of this stuff down. And reach out to Harriet if you want to learn more or work with her at HarrietSchumacher.com. And you can connect with her on Instagram as well. We'll share all the links in our bio. Today in the studio, we have the lovely Harriet Schumacher. Thank you so much for joining us today, Harriet. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to point out, well, Harriet's a beautiful, beautiful woman. But did you see her shoes or her boots, I should say? No. She has a hot pink boots on. Can I do it? Oh, my gosh. I know. We'll have to post a photo. I've been getting lots of compliments on these boots. I got to say, they're my lucky boots. I think it's just nice, too, because we were just talking about it's sunny. (laughs) It feels like spring, though it is not. It is not. But it was just like a nice pop of color in my day today. Oh, a ray of sunshine coming in the studio. Where are my mom jeans today? Are they from Dynamite? No, these are from Zara, but like my mom actually wore these. What? Not no, they're not her jeans, but they are 
the mom jeans that my mom used to wear. Now I'm wearing them, and I'm also a mom, so it's um, full circle. It's a full circle day for me. Yeah. Oh, I love the mom jeans. Sarah knows. I have a couple pairs. She does love them. Yeah. yeah like Jessica Simpson moment. I feel like no, don't uh, have them. You love them. They're not for me, but they look great on you. And They're Harry, so they look great on you. Thank you. It's a bit of a risk today, but I no. went for it. I, think I love you got it. the boots. You got they the, look great. Yeah. Thanks. Ten out of ten. So besides cloud one thousand, aspiring for cloud one thousand today. We started with an amp up song. We had some Madonna going. The vibes are flowing in the studio today. We're feeling good. And Harriet came in. She's looking fabulous. It just how does it get any better than this? I don't know. Well, we're gonna find out because it is gonna get better. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have a great conversation. Yeah. So we connected through Harriet online, really. Yep. And her and I had a conversation a few months ago to learn a little bit about what she does. But you are a certified leadership coach. And that's kind of the space that you work in. Yes. And you do a lot of work with women as well. I do. And men. And men. And men. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, your background and what you do? Yeah. So I, my background. So I worked corporately kind of in learning and development, education and sales. And I had lived, well, I grew up here. I left and then I came back and um, I started a family and was like, OK, I got a job. I'm back in Halifax. I knew I was, wanted to raise my family here. And I lost my job while I was on maternity leave, actually. And my husband had lost his job as well. And that kind of, um, well, you know, it's a good kick in the pants to mm-hmm. figure out what you're going to be doing next. So I especially with a new baby. Yeah. So I was never really like I think like being having my own company was not something that I had chose like it kind of chose me so I um, had become a certified coach while I was working in the company that I was at previously and decided you know after going through an experience like that you kind of just want to see what you can do on your own you know you kind of lose a lot of faith in (laughs) employers and you kind of go through this period of transition and so I decided I'm going to start my own company and see um, what I can do with that as a coach and taking the tools that I'd learned over my career and seeing how I could help other organizations here in Nova Scotia. And I remember just being, and still am, but part of the reason why I wanted to do it was because, like my story, and I think a lot of story of young people in Atlanta, Canada, you've had to go away in order to be able to find a future, you know, mm-hmm. to get a job. And that has always been our legacy. And so I thought, you know, working in leadership development, there's a that's a one way that we can try to close that gap is by making, you know, leaders more effective and really helping them to be able to build, you know, sustainable, thriving companies and cultures that really want people to stay here instead of feeling like they have to leave in order to be able to find, you know, a career path. Yeah. And so that is kind of been my mission because I don't want my daughters to feel like they have to leave in order to be able to find a thriving future. If we live here, I want them to feel like they can stay here too. So that was a little bit about my mission and why I started. Are you seeing a bit of a transition now from that? Because I think you're right that that used to happen. Everyone Mm -hmm. went away. Everybody went away. But now it's kind of, you know, the city's growing. There's more jobs, more Mm -hmm. opportunities. So that's really... But even outside of Halifax, like that is an Atlantic Canadian story. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I've been so proud of is that I've been able to build my career here. And I think I've realized how lucky I am to have been able to do that. Mm -hmm. Even like I'm still very early on in that. But I think that was also one of the reasons why I started a company was I didn't want to wait all these years to actually be able to get to what I wanted to do and... Mm -hmm things just don't move as fast here and there aren't as many companies. You're not, you know, maybe get the same opportunities for growth unless you create them. Exactly. Mm. So, um, I mean, that's a similar journey that I was on. I figured, you know, since I don't have anything, you know, I don't have a nine to five, I need to create my own opportunity. And I had a choice to do that here or to go somewhere else. And I decided to stay it here. And so, um, yeah, working with leaders and being a coach, So that kind of shows up in a couple of different ways. So coaching is really about performance. It's about the future and really helping people to take come from the place where they're currently at. You kind of meet people where they're at and whatever it is that they're dealing with or whatever, you know, goals that they have in mind and helping to be like a partner with them, kind of like a thinking partner, a thought partner to help them Mm. figure out, you know, what are the gaps? How do we close those gaps and how do we get them to move forward to whatever, you know, future that they really want? And so corporately, um, you know, that typically shows up with things like how do I how do I become a more a lot of people are becoming um, coming from like an independent employee. This is typically this is the traditional journey. So I have a job. I'm good at my job. 
then I get promoted because that's like the traditional path, right? Mm. So it's like I get promoted and the only way up to make more money in the traditional kind of corporate structure is to get a team of people. So then Mm. to become like, quote unquote, a manager or a leader. And the challenge with that is that nobody actually ever assesses and couldn't technically assess whether you're going to be a great people leader Mm. because you've never led people before. And so people then go into this role. Now I have a team of people that are kind of looking at me every single day like, okay, you're responsible for my livelihood and my happiness and for the effectiveness of what we're doing here. And a lot of those leaders can feel in over their head pretty quickly. And so that's where a leadership coach would really come in is to help them learn leadership and give them the tools to feel confident. So that's Mm. the thing that I really like to do is to help leaders get the courage that they need to have in order to be able to lead a team effectively and feel like they have the tools and the knowledge to be able to do that um, in today's complex world, which is pulling people in so many different directions. So, yeah, yeah. that's such a good point because you do often hear those <laughs> stories of people are so talented at what at their job. And then the natural way to reward them for that is to promote them as a manager and then they're terrible at managing people and they all of a sudden are no longer good. They're not having success in their job or they would have otherwise or they don't like it. Like maybe yeah. their joy came from actually doing the work and it's not it's not taking care of people or especially if they're left on their own to figure out how to do it through trial and error, right? Yeah, it's super common that, uh, you know, there's there's a handful of people that actually aspire to that and really can really see themselves being strong and are like, na- you know, I don't think there's a, well, there's natural leadership qualities, but people who are like, yeah, I'm up for that challenge. Hmm. And then there are people who are, I want to make more money because I have my own life and my own responsibilities. So I have to do this because there aren't a lot of other options. And hmm. maybe being an entrepreneur is not something that really appeals to them. And so they get into that position and they find that they have a lot of issues dealing with people. It's way more complex than, um, you know, coming into my job every single day and just being responsible for myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a big need out there. And then, you know, the traditional kind of model for leadership has really failed us. And so we're going through a period of transition right now where we're saying, you know, what we've all been taught about what effective leadership looks like. We kind of thrown those books, you know, out. And now we're in this period of transition where people are um, talking about leaders in a totally different way. We have, you know, four generations in the workforce for the first time. And so it's a really complex time to be a leader. So you're getting a lot of different messages. Hmm. And leadership is typically something that's learned. Like you, you know, you learn it at home first from our parents. So then you come into work. You've got that example of leadership that you're trying to model. Then you might have a boss who could be effective or ineffective. And you just kind of try things on for size. And so in the middle of all that, you can really lose who you are. And so a lot of the people that uh, I find that I work with are on kind of shaky ground. Like they have they struggle with being authentic as a leader because Mm. we've basically told people, you know, this is what effective leadership looks like. And not everybody can kind of fit into that box, if you will. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Like you mentioned that the leadership beliefs are kind of changing from what they used to be. Mm -hmm. What? Is that changed? Like, what did they used to be? And and what are we moving towards now? Yeah, I mean, I would say we, I mean, the traditional model was like a command control style of leader, meaning I'm the boss, which could mean I'm the most senior person here, I'm the most experienced person here, or I'm in charge. And because of that, I make the decisions. Hmm. And so the people around me really don't come to the table with an opinion, I'm they're executing my ideas. Mm, okay. And so that worked when work was much simpler. So it's like, you know, that worked in we make widgets and there's only one way to make a widget. <laughs> now it's like the complexity of our day-to-day environments and what people want out of a leader has changed. You know, parenting has changed. Like everything in terms of our models of how we think and behave and the psychology of how we communicate and how we relate has changed so much. So now we're looking for leaders who look at everybody at the table as having an equal voice and an equal opinion. And so the leader's job really is not to be the best person or the most brilliant person at the table, but to make the best decisions possible by bringing in the perspectives of the people that sit around Mm. them. And so, yeah, that's a big shift that's happening because uh, if you've grown up in the command control style, which we have a lot of folks who are still leading who've been conditioned to believe that, like making that shift is really tricky for lots of different reasons, right? Because I need to let go of Uh, the the context and the belief about, you know, what leadership is, which is, you know, philosophical and contextual. 
So, yeah. Well, it's really now pulling more on the strengths of those around you. Right. More about actually like building team. team. It's more of yeah. a team. Yeah. I don't think I could work for anyone that has that yeah. <laughs> traditional methodology of yeah. what leadership means. And so we're kind of like in a period of, tri- like it's not, we've got an old model of leadership, we've got a new lo- model of leadership. So we're kind of going through this transition period. So you've got a lot of tension that can show up because we've got two different really like pretty strong beliefs that coexist in an environment at the same time. And you see it happening like from conversation to conversation. And there's a tendency when things are going well inside an organization, like we'll adopt this new leadership model, which means like we coach and we develop and we have conversations and we're fluid. And, you know, we do all of Mm. this collaborative, you know, leadership model. But as soon as things don't go well or we're time taxed or we're losing money, then everybody just swings back to the old belief because internally, somehow, we still think that that's how you get shit done. That's really interesting because when you were saying that, I was then immediately thinking of that kind of like wartime leader. Uh And like when companies do go through this like high stress situation, you know, you don't want to always be in that kind of leadership style, but you do typically see that where one person's in control, there's really strict timelines, really strict decision making, and everyone just does as they are told rather than to move forward in one strategy rather than having that collaboration and stuff like that. But it, it so that is a common thing for it to swing back as soon as times get tough then. Yeah. And you'll hear it, you know, from you know, conversation to conversation or classroom to classroom, you'll hear people say you know, certain people I feel like I can be this kind of a leader with, other people I don't because maybe they're not performing. Mm. Um, and then you'll also hear, well, we just went through this period of intense change, which is, you know, constant. That's not going to stop. Uh, so, you know, we, 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 we fell back into this pattern because really internally we just believe that that's how you get better results. So it always boils down to really asking leaders, you know, what do you believe today is the best way to get results out of people? Hmm. And because leadership is a belief, like it's a philosophy, you know, about how do you show up in the world and what's the best way to make decisions? What's the best way to make the world better? Um, You know, everybody's a leader. I use that term really, you know, loosely. Hmm. Uh, But really, what's the best way to make things great? (laughs) Is it to tell people what to do or is it to ask people and bring them in? Which really gets down to some deep stuff about what do you actually believe about people? Yeah. Because... There are folks who believe that, you know, people won't do anything until you tell them to do something. There's definitely a belief out there that people are like kind of inherently lazy. And if you don't tell them what to do, then they're just not going to do anything. Yeah. There's another belief, which is like, no, everybody is wants to have a great life and they want to be the most successful that they possibly can. And so that those two beliefs coexist in our world right now today. So. That's kind of what it's all about, helping people to get clear on what they value and what's the best way for them to show up. And from your perspective, do you feel like there is like, is there kind of one leadership style that works or is it really like depend on who the person is? I think that both both get results. So that like I tr- always try to boil it down to like a results based conversation, whatever that is, because that's what everybody wants. You know, and there's so many different layers of that. Both can get results, but there's liabilities on both sides, right? And there's risk and reward in both. So it really boils down to, you know, your values and who do you want to be, which Mm. is the bigger question that I think coaches will ask is, you know, who do you want to be for yourself so that you can feel like you have high integrity, you can feel authentic, you can be courageous to go out there and build a life that feels good Hmm. and sometimes people have never been asked that those questions before so that's what coaching really uh, provides people is an opportunity to have somebody ask them those questions so that they can really have a mirror kind of held up and and think more deeply about you know how they're how they're showing up how they're leading and what they want out of their lives Hmm. yeah it's so interesting because it's like when we had reached out to you it really came out of you know, a personal interest now at this stage in our careers, Ashley and mine, we're both in our early 30s, where it's like, you want to start getting consciously better at things. Like, mm-hmm. And 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 I feel and that in work. And your weaknesses and stuff as well and try and resolve those. Well, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like, I know that in my work, I'm like, I want to get better. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Or yeah. where do I go to mm-hmm. get better at this thing that I can't even define that I'm trying to just be better at and Mm -hmm. I think that's why when when we connected I was like so interested in talking to you because 
sometimes it does feel like this abstract thing of trying to define when someone needs like a coach in their Mm -hmm. work. And like you said, it can be such a personal journey. And I think in our personal lives, like we turn to our friends to talk through like how we want to show up in different scenarios or how we want to develop as a human, Mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily have that expertise or we may not be surrounded with friends who understand our work situation or Mm -hmm. have done it before. So kind of even like knowing when to find Mm -hmm. you is, is can feel ambiguous Mm -hmm. or confusing maybe Mm -hmm. in your career. I don't know. And especially for us in our experience of owning, starting our own businesses and Mm -hmm. running those and then in leadership roles immediately. Yeah. That it's, it's so different and, and you are challenged with running a team or, or mm-hmm. working with others. It's so different than a tr- being in startups and primarily technology. Mm-hmm. It's so different. Mm-hmm. It's not traditional. It's not mm-hmm. traditional business. You're figuring things out every step of the way, mm-hmm. but you can't forget about that kind of team and the management. And it's really something you have to be conscious of, but it's hard. It is. It's really hard. I think at, we're coming into a question with this conversation, but like, I think I'm glad you brought that up, Ashley, because I think what is not typically valued in tech startups and what I wish was valued more at mm-hmm. earlier stages is bringing in leadership development and coaching mm-hmm. at those earlier stages, with especially with the founder team yeah. and like kind of the leaders, because the reality is in startups for the most part is we all ended up there because we knew we had potential and mm-hmm. we wanted had a vision. We wanted to build something and we didn't like operating in the confines of another yeah. organization. Mm-hmm. And so we showed up there to do our best, but it doesn't give us innately the skills of how to perform at our best, you know, mm-hmm. the intents there. But that often isn't valued in early stage startups partially because funds are tight you're focused super laser focused it like any entrepreneur starting a business Mm -hmm. or running a business you're so focused Mm -hmm. but i don't know that that actually serves like the founders and stuff like that it doesn't because i think it's a weak point and i think and you can probably talk to this like when should be people be starting to search for like leadership coaching and is it earlier that you need to be or recognizing that they need help or something I mean it's interesting because um, one of the models that I I use to help you know do what I do is around assessing like complexity of mind and one of the things that we look at is you know kind of typical um, stages of adult development theory And, you know, in our careers, we've kind of reached, you know, general population, we've reached what we call like a reactive approach to leading. And you think about like any business today, most businesses are reacting to problems. And that can be like, you know, the crisis kind of firefighting mode that we're in. And I think that people will typically reach out to a leadership coach when kind of shits hit the fan. You know, it's like, okay, I I need need help. help. Yeah. And that's a really, that's wonderful because we certainly will come in and we will help, uh, But if you look at, you know, the writing was kind of probably on the wall earlier. And if you'd had that foundation at the beginning and been more proactive about, okay, like, here's the idea or here's what I'm walking into. And there are people who reach out for coaches then who are saying, like, I just got promoted and or I'm starting a company or I'm on, you know, I I feel like I need a partner Mm. because I already know that I'm going to have lots of challenges that are going to come my way. And I want to make sure that I'm not waiting until, you know, it's too late to try to repair things. So, uh, you know, leadership coaches are not experts in what you do. So we really can show up knowing nothing about you and nothing about your business because our job really is to meet you where you where you were at, ask really deep questions, help you to um, figure out, you know, kind of get to the root issues of whatever is in front of you, whether that's, you know, professionally or sometimes personally, you know, the things that are really kind of holding you back from getting to where you want to go next. So that could be at any point in the journey. That could be at the beginning stages when you're starting or it could be like midpoint. And I have some people who are getting close to retirement and they want to really leave a great legacy with their career. So, you know, it really is a applicable in any stage of your professional career. I have people who are, I had a client who just graduated high school and was getting his very first job. And he's like, I'm, I have no idea what it's going to be like when I walk into an environment like that. So can you help me to just get prepared? Right. So yeah, yeah, that was, those situations are more rare, but they happen. That's even a nice way to think about it is like anytime you're experiencing an inflection point to like a change, maybe step back and consider should I seek, like, do I want to get outside input or yep. help through this? That's a great way to kind Absolutely. of think about it. 
anytime that I want to just think bigger and bolder and I want somebody to challenge my thinking and kind of be a mirror for me uh, is a great time to have a coach. And, you know, it's it's a shorter term relationship. Like you don't really want to have a coach for the entire your entire life. Yeah. You know, it's like we're usually working in a short, condensed, intensive time frame. Okay. And then we want to be like, okay, like go and soar now. Spread like your do way. your thing, right? <laughs> uh, and like check in if you need help later on down the road. So yeah. That's awesome. typically how it shows up. I like that. And do you find most people are coming to you within their company is like hiring you or people coming to you independently on their own looking for help? It's definitely mm-hmm. both. I would say Coaching in Atlantic Canada is starting to take off. It's starting to become more mainstream. Mm. Uh, And so organizations are looking for uh, external coaches to come into their organization to help them be uh, like an objective third party. Because we don't know all the internal dynamics of what's going on. And sometimes that fresh perspective is really valuable because we don't come with the baggage that already exists, you know, like the good and the bad that comes with all that, right? We don't have the history. Yeah. And, you know, we we also adhere to, uh, if if you work with a certified coach, you they adhere to ethics and standards with the International Coaches Federation. And so you have client confidentiality. And so sometimes that's a really nice place for people to feel like I can tell my coach anything and I'm not sharing this information with other people as a really trusting relationship in that regard. Okay. And then, yeah, individual people reach out all the time. They're like, I'm thinking of starting a business or I'm changing a business or I'm making this major life transition and I want somebody that I can trust. It really is about fit, though. Like most people will interview a couple of coaches and pick somebody that they feel Hmm. they can align with. So it's not necessarily about your professional background or your credentials. It's totally about like, do we have a relationship? Like, will we get along really well together? So that's usually the main criteria. Yeah. This puts me in mind like a little bit of even in your personal life, like you would go see a therapist yeah. to help you through personal things. Yeah, absolutely. But people don't think about that sometimes for professionally. work. For yeah, work. professionally. And I think for me, like that's where a lot of my, st- st- I don't want to say stress, cause it's not stress, but like that's where a lot of the, that's the area where I'm thinking about the mm-hmm. most is like, how do I get better? How do I improve? Mm-hmm. But that's actually probably the area where I'm looking for help the most and I've just haven't thought I've I've leaned on mentors like I've Mm -hmm. been so super fortunate I have some really great mentors Mm -hmm. but it's only been the last couple years a good friend of mine uh Gardner um, I don't know if he wants me to talk about him but I'm just gonna talk about him (laughs) anyways use his last name (laughs) um he's he's very invested in coaching and actually I think it came to him because he has investors in his company and it was Mm -hmm. very important to them to basically say, like, you're going to lead this company. We've given you this right. money to yeah. build this. We want to make sure that you are equipped with the skills to actually lead a company and to become the best version of yourself. And I thought that was so – I was like, yes, why does not every investor do this? Like, mm-hmm. you've just given these people a bunch of money. Why not also encourage them to use a part of that yeah. to learn how to be a great leader? And yeah, I mean, that's a big difference between mentoring and coaching is that coaching, well, so mentoring is like, you have something, you have a skill set that I need to learn. Like Mm. that's, you know, so I'm going to partner with you because you're going to mentor me to become something similar to you or a similar path. Coaching is different because we really, I think the place where we show up is really around courage and confidence to be effective in the role that you're currently in. And Mm. so we wouldn't necessarily have any, you wouldn't necessarily choose to work with me because I have a knowledge that I'm going to teach you or share with you, but I'm going to stand beside you and help you to move forward using, you know, a variety of different techniques to figure out how to do that. But yeah. But actually think through the problems that are relevant. relevant. (laughs) And, you know, the questions that we ask dig really deep. Okay. So it's similar in some ways to therapy. Like the approach is somewhat similar. (laughs) Yeah. Some people are like, I didn't know that it was going to be this deep when I worked with a coach. Like I thought it was going to be like a training session. Yeah. Like here are some techniques. Like this is like consulting. Like you're going to tell me how to solve my problem. And then we start asking, you know, questions and digging underneath and hearing things that the person doesn't necessarily hear themselves say. And it's a very internal journey, which I think is what leadership really is. Leadership is a very personal experience, but it's lived out loud. So we really try to help people rewire the personal experience so that they could be more effective leading out loud. Ooh, That's I really like that. Interesting. I have one other question. Okay. Because I know Ash wants to dive into a new topic. I just, <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'm just so excited. <laughs> what are some of the questions that you would ask like when you're doing leadership? 
coaching. You said they're deep. Yeah, well, I mean, they're never the same. Yeah. I was just going to say that is a a case-by-case scenario. And everybody is – so it's hard, like (laughs) – it's hard because you got to just think about you got to dance with the person in the moment. Mm. So, you know, people will come to you with something very kind of on the surface, you know, like I want to make more money or I need to get better at building relationships with my team or, you know, I'm, I want a, I want a promotion. Like I'm just giving like pretty mm. traditional like examples. Yeah. And so. Most people think that the issues that they need to resolve in coaching are because of things that are happening outside of them. But our job is to really help them understand what's going on inside of them that Mm. is either helping them or holding them back from getting what it is that they want. Mm. And through that exploration over like six months, three to six months, those goals might change. We may achieve them, we may surpass them, or we might just get on an entirely new journey. So Hmm. the questions, we use what we call Socratic method. And so that's an open-ended question-based approach. And okay. we have like a you know, beginning where we establish what we want to focus on for the conversation. We have a middle point, And then we have action. So you should always have something that you're walking away with from every conversation. But the approach to getting there would be totally fluid. It would be really dependent on the situation. Very cool. Yeah. So it's kind nice of professional question askers. That's kind of what we do. I like that. It's yeah. even just nice to know a little bit about how you work with people. Like they're mm-hmm. coming to you with a purpose and then Absolutely. you're going to go through that journey together. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Very so it's cool. cool. <laughs> you brought us some books. I did. Called Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. Tell us about this. I've never heard of this book. Have you, Sarah? I only heard of it because Harriet told me about it, but no, I hadn't heard of it before. Is this like your your Bible or your yeah, guideline? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I've read that book three times. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Is it one of those ones you kind of open when you need? Yeah. I know you do this. When you're kind of searching for something, you just kind of reread a few pages yeah. and then you just feel so much better. Yeah. Is that what this is <laughs> for totally you? It's totally like that. Yeah. So Susan Scott wrote the book. She's uh, an American. She... Um, wrote that first book, I'm going to say, 1999. So she was an executive coach herself and just spent so much time working with different you know, teams, different organizations, really trying to help them you know, get achieve their goals. Ultimately, that's why they hired her. And she basically boiled it down to the biggest issues that are in front of any organization, any leader, any team is all a result of conversation. And that most of the conversations that we engage in don't produce the results that we want. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And that is inherently, and and I'm seeing a big, you know, a big trend in that, that we're building a lot of really nice cultures. We're having a lot of nice conversations, but we're really missing like what she would call fierce conversations, which are, because there's, you know, different types of conversations that produce different results. And so a fierce conversation is one in which you come out from behind yourself, you step into a conversation and you make it real. Mm. And so it's about having real, open, honest, two-way conversation with people. And that that is not what is commonly practiced in most professional, and I would say in most relationships, personal relationships too, there's an absence of real conversation. So I encountered Susan and met um, Fierce Conversations probably about 15 years ago. I've been teaching this work uh, since then. So uh, it's a big part of what I do is really helping leaders, teams, and organizations learn how to talk about what matters. Because we've never actually really been taught how to have a conversation. Like most of us just kind of assume that we're doing the right thing. Uh, And most of the conversations that are happening in business today are not real. (laughs) (laughs) Just a very nice way to say that. I was like, how do I say that in a way of, you know, saying that professionally? Yeah. So that's the courage piece is to help people just be like, I'll I'll be in class. I mean, I've taught thousands of people and people will come to me and say, so how do I say this to this person? The way you just said it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my response. Like, why do you try that? But it's we've been taught or we have this perception that when we communicate with people, we need to communicate in a way different from how we would naturally say it. Especially in a professional setting. Super I think huge. people overthink things. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. I've actually learned that a lot from Sarah. You kind of just say what's on your mind, but in a really thoughtful, direct right. way. And I've learned to kind of be like, you're right. I can, you can just say that because mm-hmm. sometimes you're thinking things. Overthinking it. You don't yeah. say it or you don't know how to say it. Yeah. So kind of just empowering or training yourself to actually push yourself to say those things. Right. Like your student. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just 
say yeah. it exactly how you want to have the question answered yeah. or asked. And and so when we're not doing that, when we're not saying what we really think and feel, when we're not being real, then we're putting on a mask or putting on a facade. And mm. it can, this can this is like what we're talking about, this transition between like old versus new leadership. You know, new leadership is this model, is being honest, open, authentic, talking about what we really think and feel, um, being about building genuine, meaningful relationships with our customers and our clients and our teams. Yeah. But when we're not doing that, we're being fake. And mm. in the short term, that feels like no big deal, right? It's like, oh, well, so what? I didn't talk about this thing openly and honestly in this meeting. But the long-term implications of that over a period in time, you begin to see um, like trust eroding talented people start leaving organizations you see your bottom line starting to get impacted i mean there's long-term implications of this and then it becomes your culture it becomes the norm and so you end up with a lot of cultures that are really nice places to work but tolerate a lot of stuff because they're afraid of being open and honest because that feels career limiting to do that so that's a big part of what susan's work is all about and do yeah. you think it? I'm sorry, Sarah. Do you think it's because people don't want to hurt if they're being, yes. you know, not being real? They don't want to hurt their feelings, or mm-hmm. they don't want to step on their toes or offend people. So they're just holding back. <clears throat> of course, and so, yeah. I mean, it come usually comes from not a malicious place. It's like, well, I want to be nice. Like, and how many we were all raised to be nice. Yes, right? we were all told be nice, be kind, but that can have a you can be too nice, and it can kind of have a darker side to it, which means that. Well, I leave what I want somewhere else, you know, like I'm tolerating things that I don't necessarily want to tolerate. I'm beginning to resent you or our relationship is suffering because of our lack of openness and honesty. And Mm. so when it comes to the relationship piece, which is what it always boils down to, like relationships are the glue and the grease for everything. It's how we get everything done. So when people say to me, I'm worried about being honest with this person because I'm worried it might damage the relationship, my question would be, what is the lack of honesty going to do to your relationship over the long term? Yeah, that is so good. Because you're going to end up with a relationship far worse off than if you took the risk today to say what was really on your mind. It's actually how you build relationships is through honesty, not the opposite. Yeah, and that's such a good perspective because you're right. It's when you aren't saying those things that that's when like frustration builds up and people just leave without actually knowing why. Totally. Uh, I find too, like the reason, as you're describing this, we've all been there. Like we've all had conversations where we don't express what we're actually feeling mm-hmm. or what we actually want to say. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, when I notice it the most, what I've been trying to kind of teach myself is I don't have to have the answer to express how I'm feeling right now. Right. And that sometimes or be right or wrong. Or be Just right. that's what you're you're feeling is or your thought well and sometimes i'm like maybe this is a misinterpretation maybe i don't want to bring it up because maybe i've missed the mark on this but that's actually probably more the point of the conversation Mm -hmm. is listen i'm feeling like this i don't know why Mm -hmm. am i missing something or is something going on or even if i don't have an answer be like we need to talk about this problem right even just to put it out there that this is a problem i don't know what the answer is Yeah. yeah Yeah. And so that whole notion of being right shows up a lot. And I think it's one of the biggest barriers that we need to let go of if we're going to learn how to do this. Because if I'm worried about being right, uh, then I'm either going to, I'm probably going to approach the conversation a couple of ways. I'm going to like dominate the conversation, which I'm going to just tell you that you're wrong and I'm right, which mm. when that comes to building relationship doesn't really work so well. The opposite of that, and I like to think about like being curious in conversation versus convincing. So I'm curious about mm. something that I'm like open. I know that I got a view of reality. You probably have a view on reality too. It's probably different from mine. That's cool. Mm. Versus being convinced or like really entrenched in my view and coming into this conversation or not saying anything at all. But that philosophy when it comes to leadership is problematic because we traditionally um, promote leaders for being right. So the more senior you become inside an organization, the more messages you've received that you make the right decisions at the right time. So teaching leaders to be vulnerable and being like open to being wrong in front of other people feels counterintuitive. And that's the difference between like old versus new model of leadership. So that's Mm. an exploration that a lot of us are on. And Susan, you know, saw that many years ago, wrote this book. And um, yeah, and so I teach people to come to these workshops and how to learn how to be fierce and how to approach their life from a place of realness and authenticity, knowing that conversation is how we get everything done. So if you can improve the quality of the conversations that you're having in all areas of your life, your life's going to get better. 
Man, that feels so true. I know. <laughs> I think so too. I can't wait to read this. <laughs> and I love the title. Yeah. So good. So what do you think the word means when you hear fierce? What comes to mind? I feel like strong mm-hmm. comes to mind for me. I always think of badass and just yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like Making impact. Yeah. 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 But I think you, it, it's resonating so much. And I think as, as you get older and you're more comfortable with yourself and you are put in situations where you, you know, you have to force yourself to lead or speak mm-hmm. your mind, it does get, I don't want to say it's easier, but you have a whole new view on it because mm-hmm. growing up, I was mm-hmm. more, I was more quieter. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I would never be the person I would raise my hand in class, though I might have the answer. I'd just be, I think it's the scared of being right thing. And or I think, wrong. or wrong, mm-hmm. or sorry, yeah. scared of being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really hard. To, to, I think even if you're taking on a leadership role, you're like, oh, you might hold yourself back because oh you don't want to be wrong totally. or if this is the right way. And you're kind of just so much responsibility. Frozen. Yeah. Yeah. So much responsibility. So much. And so like our, you know, there's so much of an inner dialogue, you know, the, the, the conversation that we have with ourselves really dictates how we will show up and what we will talk about. And that's really the work is to help people, you know, reflect on question the conversation that they're having with themselves and asking themselves, is that really real? Or is the fear that I have the number one issue is fear? You know, is what the story that I'm telling myself about having this open, honest conversation with you really going to be as bad as I'm telling myself it's going to be? You know, usually it's not. Usually goes much better. But people also need tools. Like they need to learn how to practice in an environment where they get equipped with new skills and new support so that they can go out there into the world and refine it and make it their own. Otherwise, we're kind of like stumbling, thinking we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And actually, it probably is good to practice those. Mm-hmm. fierce conversations especially when you're really setting out and if you are setting out on a first one where you have a specific conversation you want to have with someone yeah and this is your first time in a while that you're going to actually say what you want to express it's not a bad idea it sounds so silly mm-hmm. but it's not a bad idea to practice that because it is an important conversation and if that's out of your element mm-hmm. like it's not unusual for you to go in and totally fumble something or yeah overstep and not and say something you didn't truly mean mm-hmm and then you've totally just given up on this practice because you blurted something out or or you or you learn a lot from it because if that happens and you're like I'm never gonna do that again <laughs> yeah exactly you will never do it I again I will filter myself yeah I learn, yeah fall down dust myself off but I think you know most people probably all of us sitting here in this room right now uh, probably have a conversation with someone that we're avoiding hundred percent common practice and so mm. when you avoid that for too long things start to go sideways gradually then suddenly and so we are really trying to help people to become more proactive and mindful so that they can have the conversations especially leaders can have the conversations because that is the leader's job the leader's job is to take risks Hmm. so um yeah that's what susan's work is all about and the book is awesome you should totally read it it's i think it's pretty life-changing we're excited for another thing that we want to talk about here you kind of you know, made reference to this at the very mm-hmm. start that there's a bit of a leadership crisis going on. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little more on your thoughts on that? That sounds so negative when you say that. But <laughs> I, mean, I well, you know, so crisis meaning the world needs really effective leaders. Okay. Because and the world needs more female leaders because mm-hmm. there aren't very many. And so when I say crisis, there's a couple things that are happening right now. There is. The silver tsunami. Have you heard of this? The silver foxes? Is it them coming at me? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm down. <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, that's I just like, such a, like, a weird term. But you know, I've never a, heard that before. There's a lot of people who are, le- <laughs> you know, a lot of the old guard is leaving and they're taking their, their knowledge and their skills with them. And there's a lot of going to, you know, there's going to be a big transition in the workforce. It's happening already right now. Happening in the, yeah. or happening right now. And so, you know, when I say crisis... <laughs> What I mean is that a lot of people who aren't as, it's, you know, who just don't have the, the, the same amount of experience are going to be thrust into leadership roles, potentially not prepared for the complexity of what that takes. Okay. And so we need uh, to prepare those leaders for the roles that they're going to be taking on. And what's happening, there's some, there's mixed results happening out there with that, you know, where, um, maybe people aren't, especially emerging leaders, aren't necessarily being ramped up fast enough. And so they'll get promoted into a role pretty quickly. And then they'll, you know, find out that they need help kind of when it's a little bit too late. 
And so when I say that, I'm really like, we need to be paying attention to like what's happening demographically and like looking at our workforce right now and really preparing the future leaders to be able to lead effectively. So yeah, that's a little bit of what's happening there. And plus this transition from like old guard to new guard Mm. and people just really not knowing you know, what's the right approach for me to lead effectively? What actually is leadership? Like people have just very different philosophies on that. So I think now more t- more so than ever, we need to be able to support and build leaders that can really um, build thriving organizations, build thriving cultures, um, make a profit so that people can have great jobs and have a great life You're and all of those things. Yeah, I'm, I'm super down for that too. And build cultures where people feel like they want to come to work there everything every single day. I read a statistic the other day that said like for millennials, the number one factor for working inside an organization is fit, like culture fit. That's very much a leader's job because you know, the culture really comes from the leader. And so learning how to do that takes some time, but it also comes, you know, really clear understanding of yourself, you know, what kind of culture that you want to build. People are very busy today, so they're not spending enough time, you know, doing this work. Yeah, they're so busy running the business that they're not actually thinking about what they're building necessarily at the same time. So, yeah. And consciously. Yeah. You, that was the word that you used earlier, which I wanted to pick up on that whole like conscious piece is that's what it's all about. It's about elevating our consciousness so that we can solve the complex problems that we have out yeah. there today. Yeah. And I think just recognizing it, I think mm-hmm. it, obviously the earlier you start, the better it is to mm-hmm. kind of shape the culture totally. and the team but i don't think there's ever a point when it's too late never never no just recognizing it and trying to correct it yeah it's easy in little doses maybe because you can't just steer the ship really quickly totally. you kind of have to just turn it and and make sure it's the right thing to do but it's about asking for help and knowing that growth and development is something that we will continue to do for the rest of our lives yeah so it's absolutely. not a, it's not like oh there's something wrong with you you need a coach or you need training it's like, oh, you want to grow. Improve, <laughs> yeah. grow. You want to grow. You want to be better. You know, you want to have better experiences in your life and provide better experiences for those around you. So that's really the why. Okay. Where can people, like, do you have any tips for people who are starting to feel like, I want to start learning? How do I start getting yeah. better? There's so much. There's so many resources. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason for nobody to have help today. I'm like, just go to the Google. If you don't have, (laughs) if you have no budget and no money, then get on Google and find some free resources, right? Absolutely. You know, we're very fortunate in Nova Scotia. We actually have a lot of support and funding to work with people and organizations like mine. So if you want to get, if you're like, I don't have a budget, but I know that my team or I need help then there's support for that. You know, uh, I think that's one of the great things about our, our province and trying to help people and their businesses to grow and thrive. I would say, like, you know, start start researching. I would say um, if you think that leadership coaching is something that you might be interested in, then, like, there's um, the local chapter here called the uh, ICF chapter. There's a directory of certified coaches there. So coaching is one of those words that everybody, anybody can be a coach. Yeah. So I would say if you're in a prof- if you're looking for a professional coach, you want to have a certified coach, which means that they work for the um, ICF or they're certified under the International Coaches Federation. Call some folks, have coffee, see if it's a good fit, um, reach out and see what they're up about. Every coach is a bit of a different style. Take a workshop, read a book, like find some sort of stream that feels good for you. Whether you want to work for women in leadership or you're a new leader or you're, you know, you're wanting to move up your career journey and you're looking for more of an executive level program, there's lots of support and resources that are out there. Call me. I can point you in a million different directions from I'm a kind of nerd on the whole leadership development aspect of things. So, And I think there's so many options, whether it's just something personally, individually, yeah. uh, if it, a whole team or business yeah. that so, you can kind of yeah. do just to benefit yeah. yourself. That's really nice. It can be a day. It could be a year. It can be an hour. Like there's so many different ways that you can get the information to find something that you can tap into. I freaking love that. I think it's so great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, my pleasure. This has been nice to have this conversation with you because I think it's been a fresh topic on our minds. And, you know, we love we love work. We love, or I love work. Ash, I think you love work too. (laughs) And it's nice that we feel that like I value that I feel that way. I feel so lucky in that. But it is you know, a big part of that is continuing to grow. And that's one of my main motivators. So yeah, and I think that everybody I just wanted to piggyback on that. I think the the first thing is to say, what do you want this year? So everybody should have a plan. Like mm. you, you should sit down and say, where am I now? Where do I want to be? What's the one thing that I need to focus on in order to help me get there? Mm-hmm. Like everybody should have a plan. 
And, you know, the one thing that I need to focus on to help me get there and what do I need to start doing? Like, you know, simplify it. What do I want to stop doing to help me move the needle forward? Mm. And then do I need a, do I need support and resources to help me close that gap? Like, do I do I have that internally inside my organization or do I need to go outside? So everybody should have a development plan because I really believe that nobody cares about your career as much as you do. And I don't think it should be anybody's responsibility to do that for you. I think you got to articulate what you want. You got to be tenacious in your own growth. So, yeah, like Google development plan or, you know, (laughs) take out your journal on a piece of paper and just write down where am I now? Where do I want to be? What are the steps that I need to take to get there? And then figure out the support and resources that you might need to close that gap. Everybody should do that. I think that's a great, great message. Yes. I freaking love that. All right, Harriet, this is our favorite time in the show. Okay, yay. It's the funnest time. Fun time, okay. Westy <laughs> Grams. It's a game that we play you know, every I have a episode. a Westy, right? You, what? <laughs> this game is made for you. I have a Westy. Well, you've got photos of this Westy. I'm going to show I'm us. Like, okay, I will Maybe we'll have it's to kind of irrelevant what's your, right now. What's your dog's name? Her name is Maeve. Maeve. Oh, I love the oh. name Maeve. Yeah. Queen of the fairies. Really? Mm-hmm. She's a sweetheart. Oh. I would have brought her today. You should have brought have, her. We could have Westy grammed her. I know. I feel like we could do a, a photo shoot with yeah. her someday. We'll have to. I feel like Westy owners are in a club where they just like love sharing <laughs> photos of their dog. I think it's a thing, which is how the game started. Normally, we have photos of Westies everywhere and you pick a card. Oh, my God. Off the so digital. We have, we have a new. Do you follow the Westies of Instagram? Uh, yes. Page? Okay. Do we? I do. Everybody, everybody <laughs> we should. We are now. <laughs> So how this game is played, it's a fun game we play to get to know each other. Okay. Normally we have a deck and you can pick the cutest Westie, whichever one you like, but right. we're playing the digital version today. So if you could pick a number between 1 and 75, we'll ask you a question. Ooh, 1 and 75. Let's go with uh, 49. 49. Let's see what we got. The one song that makes you drop it low. That's a great question. The one song that makes me drop it low. It was on the radio today. It was, uh, oh, man. Poison. You know that song? Belle Biv DeVoe? Yes! That was the song on the radio today. I, it just took me a second. I was like, it came on, and I'm like, I haven't heard this song in forever, and I need to listen to it way more. So one of my best friends, Nicole, you can never a big button a smile. No. That girl is poison. What's that? That that uh, <laughs> you put it, It's like an Xbox game, and you can do Just Dance. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. And that is one of the songs. And we played it? it once at our house. That's how old I am. And every time... I hear it. I can just picture like everyone doing the dance. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I freaking love that. You're gonna, awesome. You can listen to that after you listen to Like a Virgin today. That was our warm up song today. <laughs> yeah. choice. We're going to okay. end with some poison. Ash, would you like to pick a song? A song, a number. Oh, but a number. also, I, is there a song that makes you drop <laughs> it low? So many. I don't drop as low as I used to anymore. So. No, me either. Yeah. Ashley, pick a number 26. 26. Just like my age. You've been aging like butter. <laughs> like butter. Have you? Is that a thing? Have you I ever don't heard know. That? It's not an expression. I, it is now. I made it up. Aging <laughs> like butter. You know what I mean? Like you mean like not or melting or no? Just like I don't know. Like creamy <laughs> and not aging. Like, smooth, like consistent, smooth. smooth and consistent. Oh, and like if you melt it, it's even better. Better. Yeah. More versatile. So this question's perfect we love for Ashley. <laughs> If you go gray, would you dye your hair or let it go? Oh. Are you that's that, the dumbest that? question ever. Dye it forever. But, but no he, offense to the people who choose not to. No. Person this was yeah. for me, my mm-hmm. choice. And I'm Harriet's blonde, Sarah's. I got blonde. some grays, I'm not gonna lie. But I mean, I think we're lucky mm-hmm. that we can come off. I don't have any yet, but what I would mean, it take for you to go gray? How many nothing dollars would I have to pay you? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> There are not enough going to the salon and be like, I'm I'm not gray, but I would like you to make me gray. But you know what? There are some women that are gray and that they look amazing. Amazing. It wouldn't be me. It's part of their look. It is not me. No. Like my mom still has the same color hair. She's in her sixties. She looks great. I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. For a long time. Hmm. There's a couple women in Halifax that have gray hair and they just they're silver foxes. Like seriously, like they look amazing. I think it's one of those things that if you have, you're rocking the gray hair, you, you still got to have it together. Though. Yeah, yeah. You can't let it all go. Oh, I'd want like a long no, no. flow. You want the Stacey London, the gray streak. Yeah, I want oh, the gray yeah. streak for sure. Yeah. I mean, like not right now. I don't think I'll go with the blonde. But, okay. 
my so the answer was no. Yeah, no all around. Well, no and, for me as and, well. I don't know if I'm answering, but I'm just putting out there. <laughs> and I can pay you no amount of money to go gray. So, yeah. okay, I'm passing on that dream. Maybe. I'm doing number 32. What are your three essentials that you have in your fridge or cupboards? Hmm. I'm just going to go off my gut. I don't know if they're true or not. So rice came to mind mm-hmm. and i don't even know if that's true rice cakes? i would say rice cakes instead because sarah and i love rice cakes eggs mm-hmm. which i don't love but i know i can feed myself and that can be my whole dinners two eggs so rice cakes eggs and <laughs> it's a snazzy dinner you got there it's not but i'm terrible <laughs> i love cooking but sometimes i'm really bad at feeding myself yeah i know and sure. they're they're necessities and right now, I'm super into almond butter. So I knew you were going to say that. Those are my three things. But if I'm thinking about a cupboard to stay stocked, here's what are actually my th- three things. Crushed tomatoes, something for broth, like chicken broth. I just need mm-hmm. a cube. And then you, actually anything else because yeah, you can make so many meals. Just Mary's organic crackers. Mm. You always have those. I love I those. those yeah. yeah. I get the big Costco box. Like we don't, we go to town on those. So much cheaper. Yeah. They're and so just so good. many more of them. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. What are your cupboard essentials or fridge essentials? Um, sparkling water of some variation. Ooh. I, I hear like, you. I, I love sparkling water. Cheese. So much better than mine. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Lots of cheese in my house. And uh, probably, right now, it's probably uh, almond milk. You know what? I'm still coming over to your house. I thought you were going to say the wine. Weird combo. Well, yeah, I was and going wine. to, but I'm like, that's not in the fridge right now. <laughs> I would want it. Soon. Yeah. Soon to be. Ash, tell us. Okay. If I think of my fridge right now, there's always sweet potatoes. Really? Always. That's interesting. Always avocados. Wow. And I always have bananas. I want you to say wine. Well, one of us say wine. Oh my God, Sarah, I have like 12 bottles of wine. Perfect. Minimum in my fridge. I have a magnum of champagne sitting in my house. It's staring at me. Well, if you need help. I know. Call us. (laughs) All right. I love it. Harriet, tell us how people can find you online. They can reach out to you. If you can spell my name, you could find it on the Google that way. That's kind of tricky. (laughs) We we will share. (laughs) I know given that it's a complicated one. So yeah, I have a website, so you can look me up on my website. You can find me on the gram or on LinkedIn as well. We will share those things in the show notes. That'd be great. And uh, yeah, always around. And if anyone can't find her, reach out to Sarah and I, and we'll make sure we find her for you. That's one of the wonderful things of having a strange name. There's not a lot of us around. (laughs) Unique. Yeah. I do have an aunt who has the same name as I do, so you might find her. (laughs) (laughs) She is also Harriet Schumacher, so... You, yeah, she, I don't know. You might find her as well, which would be super she'll confusing. Point, yeah, she'll, she'll point them in the she right might direction. Feel a little confused at first, and then she'll hopefully point you in the right direction. I love that. Well, yeah. Harriet, thank you so much oh for coming goodness, in today. This pleasure. has been a great conversation. We really thank appreciate you. having you here. Thanks so much. Thank Lovely you. having me here. And thanks for the the Palm Bay, the Muir Acetron. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We love hearing from you. So please let us know what you think. You can email us at rivalandqueen at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. You can find us on all social handles at rivalandqueen. Thanks, guys. <laughs>